Good morning. Uh, I'm Steve Goff. Um, I'm very privileged to have been invited to be part of this series on the Ten Commandments. Uh, as you know, Brad's out of town on vacation and uh, chosen different people to come and speak the different weeks during July. And uh, it's always a privilege to be asked to teach from God's Word, and I feel very honored to be part of this group. Um, certainly, uh, I'm going to get rid of this for a minute. Okay. Certainly, when Brad called me and, and said, would you take uh, one of the lessons, I said, I'd be glad to. He said, your lesson is honor thy father and thy mother. I go, okay. Immediately, I have to tell you, my whole childhood flashed before my eyes. I, I thought, oh, how many times in my young life did I contribute to the gray hair on my parents' head? And, uh, you know, that's part of growing up. You know, children don't always make the right decisions, and that's why we have parents to direct us. Um, so in, in the list of the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 is the one that we talk about today. And it says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land that God, the Lord your God is giving you. Um, so there's some interesting things about this that I just want to make note of before we really dive deep and start talking about what it means to honor your father and your mother. Um, it occurs to me that there are two firsts within the Ten Commandments. Now, you may agree with me that if God were to choose ten things and only ten things to say, okay, guys, here's ten commandments, I would think they're pretty important in God's eyes. Would you not agree? And there are two firsts. The first one he mentions is, you'll have no other gods before me. I would think that's got to be number one. Um, but the first four commandments have to do with man's relationship vertically with God. And so these are commands God gave us about how to hold Him separate from everybody else, how to worship Him, our relationship with God. So He said of the four, have no other gods. I'm the only one. Don't make any idols, no images to worship. Number three, don't misuse my holy name. My name is different than any name, heaven and earth or anywhere. And the fourth one, on the Sabbath day, I don't want you to do any work. I want you to remember that I delivered you from bondage. Remember all the blessings I've given you. Remember that I've promised you this land that you're going into. These are four commandments that have to do with our relationship with God. The other six are horizontal. They have to do with our relationship with other people. And the first one of these, honor your father and your mother. I think it's so significant that of all the major things God could talk about, and he does talk about major things after this, uh, don't murder anyone, don't commit adultery, uh, don't steal um, don't lie about others. Don't covet things that don't belong to you. Uh, these are major things in God's mind. But the very first one he comes out with is honor your father and your mother. I think it's so interesting that his first command in our relationship with each other is not 
if it's going to be a family command, it's, it's not a spousal relationship. Uh, love your husband, love your wife. It's not even a command to parents. It's a command to children. A command to children. Honor your father and your mother. Okay? It's also interesting to me that this is called the first command with promise. The first command with promise. Um, in fact, that's what Paul calls it in Ephesians chapter 6. He again states this idea of honor your father and your mother. In Ephesians 6 verses 1 through 3, he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then he follows saying, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. The first commandment with a promise. And then he states the promise. So that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So what is the promise? God says, honor your father and your mother so that you can live a long life on the earth and so that you can live in the land that God has, is giving you. And this was, of course, to the Israelites on their journey uh, toward that land that he had promised them. Um, you know, as a child, this idea of living long had a different meaning to me, I have to tell you. I mean, I thought back, how many times have I heard the most terrible um, thing, the most dreaded thing that a child has ever heard, and that is this, wait until your father gets home. <laughs> I knew my life was over. I will not have long life on the earth. I may not see the daylight tomorrow. Um, of course, I did. I survived. And... Uh, and live to tell about it. This is actually, uh, uh, the idea with this is that guys, children who rebel against their parents may not live very long. Children who live a life um, that, that doesn't do what their parents guide them to do um, are going to fall into all kinds of troubles. Um, in fact, in the Proverbs, Solomon said to his son in Proverbs 13 and verse 1, a wise son heeds his father's instructions, but a mocker does not respond to rebukes. Isn't that true? Haven't we seen that in so many lives? Uh, the prisons are filled with sons and daughters who didn't think it was important to do what their parents told them was right to do. And they sought to do things that they wanted to do rather than what was right to do. And they fell into all kinds of problems, and some didn't even make it that far. Uh, people who, uh, who rebel against parents often live short lives. So this is a, a unique command, because it's the, it's the only command, that, or the first command, that comes with a promise. And I want to emphasize how serious a thing God considers this command. Honor your father and mother. Um, one more chapter after the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 21, God says this in, in verses 15 and in verse 17, anyone who attacks their father or mother is to be put to death, carried the death penalty. In verse 17, he said, anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. And so God considers this serious. So this is this, this has some very unique things to it. Honor your father and your mother. 
Let's look at what does it mean, though, to honor your father and your mother. The word honor carries with it the idea to revere, to prize, to value someone, or to esteem. The idea is showing value for parents, uh, showing respect to parents, living a life that actually honors our upbringing. Um, in our speech, in our actions, in what we do, uh, this carries more than just what happens in church. This is like, what do we do in society? Um, do we get along with others? What kind of neighbor are we? What kind of worker are we? Do we have a work ethic? The things we do, if they show honor to our parents, uh, then the things we do value our parents. They prize our parents. Uh, they show uh, a respect for uh, what we were taught and esteem our parents. I think it's also interesting that the command doesn't say, love your father and mother. Well, maybe the reason, I don't know the reason, but maybe the reason is love is a natural thing. I don't know of many people who grow up without loving their parents. I mean, the hardened criminals on death row many times have a heart uh, tattooed on them that says mom. I mean, uh, the athlete that scores the winning touchdown uh, at the end of the game and the TV is on them, they go, hi, mom. Uh, uh, people love their moms. People love their fathers. This is a natural thing. Um, even people who don't grow up with their birth parents, sometimes when they're older, they seek them. They want to meet them. And there's a measure of love, even having never met. So, so this is, uh, it doesn't say to love your parents. It doesn't have to do with those natural feelings. It is possible to love someone, but not to honor them by your life. And so this command says, honor your father and your mother. Uh, I'm reminded that the way we honor our father and mother may take different avenues as we grow up. Certainly as a child, the way to honor father and mother is to obey them. Um, they know what to do. They tell us what to do. God expects us to obey them. And we read that in Ephesians 6. Paul also writes this in Colossians 3 in verse 20. And Paul says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. So if you are young, if you're a child within the household of your parents, God has a special command for you, and that is obey your parents. Obey your parents in everything. This pleases the Lord. There are sometimes children, and, and uh, in our teens, our preteens, sometimes children have this idea, well, I'm not an adult yet. How do I fit in? How do I fit into God's plan? How do I fit into God's church? There's no place for kids. Well, there is a place for kids. In fact, there's a special place in God's heart for children. It says, obey your parents at everything, for this pleases the Lord. God is pleased with his action. Your actions in obeying your parents cause God to be pleased. They cause joy in heaven. That's a special place in God's kingdom. As we grow into adults, uh, we no longer live under the direction of our parents. We're expected to now make decisions on our own. 
and make good decisions, wise decisions, largely decisions that were shaped by our upbringing. And so how do we honor our parents as adults? Um, well, if we value the, our parents as adults, if we value their advice, if we show respect to them in what we say and in what we do, many ways to honor our parents as adults. Some of the greatest memories I have of my mom and my dad, who are no longer alive, is just the times we sat and talked. We laughed at things. Times that they told stories of their youth uh, and helped shape me. And those were special times. I carry those memories still. And I think by holding those memories dear is a way that I honor them. Now, I'm on the other side of things now, and I have grown children. And one of the sweetest blessings God has ever given mankind is to receive that kind of honor. is to have a relationship, a good relationship with children. And, uh, and to be able to laugh at things and enjoy things together. And not only to have your advice sought, but it's, it's really sweet when you have children old enough that you can seek their advice and you get really good advice. And so this is a, this is a great relationship thing. Um, I'm reminded that it was God in the first place who created this relationship. You know, in the, in the very first days, God created everything, and on the sixth day, he finally created what everything was created for, and that is man and woman. And he said, all this I've created is for you. And by creating the man and the woman, he created the marriage uh, uh, unit and the family unit. And they were told to go forth and multiply, have children, subdue the earth. And so God created everything for us, and he put us into a, a family unit with each other, and he wanted order in that unit. He wanted to see love to each other. And in other places, he tells parents, parents, love your children. Provide for your children. And here he tells children, honor your father and mother. And then, of course, as we continue to grow older, there are times when we have opportunities to care for our parents, even to the extent that they cared for us when we were children, to provide for their needs, to actually make decisions on their part when they grow too old and, and are not able to make good decisions on their own, to care for their physical needs, care for their financial needs. And the Bible speaks about this. When Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8, he said, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith, and is worse than an unbeliever. And so... The way we honor father and mother may change as we grow older and as they grow older. Here's a question. What about parents who are not good parents? What about parents that no one would believe is worthy of any honor at all? There is a sad truth to our world, and that is that some parents are abusive to their children, whether physically or emotionally. Uh, some people grow up in households that they have parents that are not good parents. What do you do with these parents? God, do you expect me to show honor to someone who clearly 
is not worthy of honor? Well, let me suggest a few things here. First of all, God does not expect anyone to remain and sub- remain in and submit to uh, areas of abuse. God does not expect that. God doesn't expect, no commandment of God says, stay there and continue to receive abuse over and over. Uh, God does not expect us to maintain a relationship with anyone who abuses us. Okay? But we're not talking about maintaining a relationship. We're talking about what it, what's due on our part in, in the idea of respect. And God says, honor your father and your mother. Respect your father and mother. But wait a minute. They are not due respect. They, they forfeited that by their behavior. Well, I just suggest this. This commandment that God gives has way more to do with who we are than whether or not they are due respect. has to do with who we are. Say it a different way. If we think that the godly thing to do is to abuse them back, we've missed the point of serving God. Okay? We may not be able to control the actions of others, but we can control our actions, and that's the point of this. Um, To abuse someone back, to retaliate with abuse, is nothing more than becoming the same person they are, doing the things that we hate, and we can rise above. We can, be, we can do better than that, and God gives us that opportunity. So I say, what do you do with unworthy parents? Uh, what do you do with abusive parents? Well, you don't necessarily sit and continue to receive abuse if you have any opportunity to get out of that relationship, but God expects you still to show respect and not disrespect, because that defines who we are as people. There are many ways to honor parents, and without a lot of explanation, I I just listed a bunch uh, for you. One of the ways we honor our parents, I believe, is in the life we live. If we live a life true to our faith, that's a way to honor parents. I don't know any parent alive who doesn't wish for their children that their children would grow up and live a good life of right versus wrong. And for you to live according to your faith honors your parents. I've had conversations with people that had a real dilemma. I've learned how to serve God, and it's not the way my parents served God. If I break from tradition because I've learned better how to serve God, am I not dishonoring my parents who raised me that way? I say quite the opposite. Your parents are honored that you'd have the courage to step out and follow God even though you weren't raised that way. You honor your parents when you live a life true to your own faith and not just some tradition that you feel like you've got to subscribe to. I think we honor our parents, again, by treating them with respect, with our words and our actions. I think we honor our parents by showing understanding to them. You know, sometimes parents need a little understanding as well as children. Sometimes parents are going through things and suffering some 
dilemmas in their life. Uh, sometimes parents um, are depressed. Children need to show understanding to parents uh, rather than setting expectations. Well, you're the parent. Um, I think we honor them by talking to them, sharing our life with our parents. You know, your parents would love nothing more than to hear what's going on in your life, for you to be open with them. And conversely, listen to their stories. Listen to their stories. I've known children that go, oh, no, another story. <laughs> well, you know, stories from our parents help us understand our identity. They help us attach to where do we come from? What culture is brought to my generation? Uh, we, ought, we ought to uh, relish in that. Here's a way to honor parents. Put away your phones sometimes. I can't tell you how, not, how often Nanette and I have sat in a restaurant and here comes a whole family in and maybe six of them sitting around a table. Clearly there's two parents and some children and every single one of them spends the whole time looking at their cell phone and nobody ever talks to each other or anything. There are times we just need to put away the phone. I think we honor our parents by telling them we love them. Uh, you go, well, Steve, that's, that's a dumb thing to say. Well, I don't know. If you're in my generation, our fathers came back from World War II, and uh, it wasn't common to tell your children, hey, I love you, son, I love you. It was more common that you'd shake the hand of your son, not even give him a hug. That was the culture then. Well, my generation broke the culture, and we said to our dads, Dad, I love you. And after a while, they started saying it back. But honoring our parents... Tell them you love them. Seek their advice. Seek their wisdom is a way to honor our parents. They've lived a long time, and they have wisdom, and they have good advice if sought. Sometimes parents live a long time, and they start to give advice and go, oh, what's the use? <laughs> it's okay. Um, but you will honor them if you seek that. I say you honor your parents if you forgive them. Okay. There's no parent alive who is a perfect parent. Every parent makes mistakes. Now, when I became a parent, I wasn't going to make any mistakes. I wasn't going to do things like my parents did. I'm changing this. Well, I did change some things, but you know what? I made my own set of mistakes. And, and children, so will you when you have children. And so one of the things we can do for each other is simply forgive. Is not carry the past with bitterness and expectations, but seek to love and seek that relationship with each other. And I say break the mold. The things that happened in the past generation that don't need to be repeated genera generationally, break the mold. If you were raised in a family where you, you, had, you received abuse, don't be an abuser. God lets you change. God gives you the strength and the direction uh, to, to make the changes in life. If, you, if your parents did things one way and you go, well, even how they disciplined you, and you go, I'm not going to discipline my children the same way, then break the mold. Don't perpetuate faults generationally. Don't keep this going. And that's a way I think we can honor our parents.
Of course, the greatest example of a child who honored his parents is that of Jesus. Jesus honored his father and his mother. I think one of the greatest ways that we can honor uh, Jesus is to be good parents. Um, to be good parents is to walk the way that Jesus walked. And to be good children, to honor our parents, is to walk the way Jesus walked. Consider Jesus and how he obeyed his father. His whole life was lived in order to, to follow the will of his father in heaven. Uh, his whole life. Even when Jesus was a boy, he was 12 years old. Luke writes about a time he was 12 years old. And his, his parents always at, at the Passover went to Jerusalem. And uh, that was the thing. They celebrated the Passover in Jerusalem. And this time, you recall the story, they left. And after one day, it had a big extended family. After one day, where's Jesus? He wasn't there. Have you ever left the child at the mall and you had to go back and find them or something like that? So immediately, they all got out their locator apps on their phone. <laughs> no, they didn't have that, did they? Well, they were in a frantic uh, state. They went back to Jerusalem. They searched for three days and finally found him. He was in the temple courts. He was talking with the teachers of the law. And they go, Jesus, what are you doing? Why have you done this to us? And he said, didn't you know I need to be in my father's house? He already at 12 years old was following the will of his father. Um, and so, so Jesus was obedient to his father. He showed honor to God in every phase of his life. You know, on two occasions, at his baptism and at his transfiguration, a voice from heaven, God's voice, came forth and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, children, the same God who said he was well pleased in Jesus is well pleased when you obey your parents. That's what the Bible says. Jesus, oh, Paul writes of Jesus in Philippians 2. I'm going to read verses 6 through 8 for you. He talked about Jesus, and he said, Who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, watch this, he humbled himself by becoming obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Jesus obeyed his father. Jesus honored his father and even went to the cross and suffered that kind of death because it was his father's will. So that's the greatest example of anyone as a child. But what about his mother? We don't talk about this a lot. Jesus honored his mother. Mary, the mother of Jesus, had the closest relationship with her son throughout his ministry, throughout his life. You may recall that his first recorded miracle when he turned the water to wine at the wedding feast, who was it that 
prompted Jesus to start doing miracles? It was his mother. His mother knew, Jesus, it's time for you to step forward and begin to show who you are by the miracles you can perform. And, and Jesus did that. It was his mother. During his ministry, his mother was nearby. Um, she was one of his disciples. She followed her own son, knowing who he was, the son of God. And on the cross, here he was, suffering the most torturous of pains of, of any death anybody could die. And yet, who was he thinking about? In John chapter 19, beginning in verse 25, it says, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, that's John, he said to her, Woman, this is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. In his last breaths, he was thinking of his mother. And so, Jesus is the perfect example of this. Well, here are some takeaways from this command, if you ask me. Some three things that I think we can learn from God's command, honor your father and your mother. The first one is, honoring our parents is an expression of gratitude. It's a way we can say thank you by showing respect, by esteeming our parents, by treating them with value is a way we can say thank you. How on earth can we say thank you to parents who, took, who for a lifetime loved us and cared for us? who put our needs before theirs, who provided everything for us, working sometimes two and three jobs, for teaching us godly values by, by setting examples for us to follow, and all the care they gave us. Well, all the flowers in the world you give them, all the thank you cards you send them, all oh, those are good. But there's nothing better than simply, uh, by simply honoring them and respecting them. And that is an expression of gratitude to our parents. Second thing to take away from this is honoring your parents is timeless. As we've already said, uh, as a child, we can honor parents. As an adult, we honor parents. What about after the parents have died? We still honor parents. Our life today honors our parents as long as we live, if we, if we remember good memories from our parents and share those memories with our children and our grandchildren, we honor our parents. If we, if, if we recognize and talk about the good lessons we learned from our parents, even after they've gone, we honor our parents by photographs on our walls and, uh, and so many other ways. But remember that honoring parents is totally timeless, uh, timeless. And the last thing I would say and leave you with is that another way to honor our parents is to be a good spouse and to be a good parent yourself, okay? Your parenting 
I think I think parenting is the greatest calling on earth. It's certainly the most effective ministry on earth. All the sermons ever preached, all the books ever written, don't even parallel the time moms and dads can spend with their children and the way they can shape lives that shape the world. And so by being a good parent to our children, be a good grandparent to our grandchildren actually is a way to honor our mom and our dad. Um, So I say love your children as God loved us unconditionally, without condition. Just love them. But they're not turning out like I thought they should. (laughs) Love them. Okay. Provide for them. Give them every possible advantage they could have in life. Give them them a start on their journey. Set an example for them to follow. You know, we all know children learn so much more from what we do than what we say. Um, You might as well say very little and just just do what's right. But these are some things I think we take away uh, from this command. And so as I look back at this command... Uh, I, I think as I've studied this, it's one of the most important things we could, we could be taught in life. And obviously God saw it as such an important command that he put it first in those horizontal relationship uh, commands within the Ten Commandments. Um, I guess as we end this, the, the great question to ask would be this. What about honoring our Father in heaven? What about the life we live, the words we say, uh, the things we do, um, is, our, is our life currently an honor to our Father in heaven? As you think about this, if we can help you in, in your journey in any way, we invite you to come now while we stand and sing together.